0: chapter seven of mount royal volume three by mary elizabeth Braden this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven guis donc la voyageuse au coup du pelerin when mr Tregonell came to the breakfast-room next morning he found everybody alert with the stir and expectation of an agreeable day the trevena harriers were to meet for the first time this season and everybody was full of that event Christabel, Mrs. Torrington, and the saint Aubin girls were breakfasting in their habits and hats. Whips and gloves were lying about on chairs and side tables. Everybody was talking, and everybody seemed in a hurry. De Cazalet looked gorgeous in olive corduroy and new market boots. Mr. Aubin looked businesslike in a well-worn red coat and mahogany tops, while the other men inclined to dark shooting jackets, buckskins, and napoleons mr fitz in a morning suit that savoured of the study rather than the hunting field contemplated these nimrods with an amused smile but the reverend st bernard beheld them not without pangs of envy he too had been in arcadia he too had followed the hounds in his green Oxford days before he joined that band of young anglicans who he doubted not would be by-and-by as widely renowned as the heroes of the tractarian movement who are you going to meet "'inquired Leonard as his wife handed him his coffee. "'Do you think I would take the trouble to put on my habit "'in order to ride from here to Trevina?' exclaimed Christabel. "'I am going with the rest of them, of course. "'Emily St. Aubin will show me the way.' "'But you have never hunted.' "'Because your dear mother was too nervous to allow me.' "'But I have ridden over every inch of the ground. "'I know my horse, and my horse knows me. "'You needn't be afraid.' "'Mrs. Tregonell is one of the finest horsewomen I ever saw,' said the Cazalet. "'It is a delight to ride by her side. "'Are you not coming with us?' he asked. "'Yes, I'll ride after you,' said Leonard. "'I forgot all about the Harriers. "'Nobody told me they were to begin work this morning.' "'The horses were brought round to the porch. "'The ladies put on their gloves.' And adjusted themselves in those skimpy, lopsided petticoats which have replaced the flowing drapery of the dark ages when a horsewoman's legs and boots were in some wise a mystery to the outside world. Leonard went out to look at the horses. A strange horse would have interested him even on his deathbed, while one ray of consciousness yet remained to recognize the degrees of equine strength and quality. He overhauled the mare which Major Bree had chosen for Christabel a month ago a magnificent three-quarter bred hunter full of power do you think she can carry me asked christabel she could carry a house yes you ought to be safe upon her is that big black brute the baron's horse yes i thought so so a coarse clumsy beast All show muttered leonard like master like man he turned away to examine colonel blathwaite's hunter a good-looking chestnut and in that moment the baron had taken up his ground by christabel's mare and was ready to lift her into the saddle she went up as lightly as a shuttlecock from a battledore scarcely touching the corduroy shoulder but leonard felt angry with the baron for usurping a function which should have been left for the husband is betsy baker in condition he asked the head groom as the party rode away de cazalet on mrs tregonell's right hand splendid sir she only wants work Get her ready as quick as you can i'll take it out of her mr tregonell kept his word wherever de cazalet and christabel rode that day christabel's husband went with them the baron was a bold bad rider reckless of himself brutal to his horse christabel rode superbly and was superbly mounted those hills which seemed murderous to the stranger were as nothing to her she had galloped up and down them on her shetland pony and had seldom ridden over better ground from the time when major brie first took her out with the leading rein the day was long and there was plenty of fast going but these three were always in the front yet even the husband's immediate neighbourhood in no wise lessened the baron's marked attention to the wife and leonard rode homeward at dusk sorely troubled in spirit what did it mean could it be that she whose conduct last year had seemed without reproach who had borne herself with matronly dignity with virginal purity towards the lover of her girlhood the refined and accomplished angus hamley could it be that she had allowed herself to be involved in a flirtation with such a tinsel dandy as this de it would be sheer lunacy he said to himself perhaps she is carrying on like this to annoy me punishing me for he rode home a little way behind those other two full of vexation and bewilderment nothing had happened of which he could reasonably complain he could scarcely kick this man out of his house because he inclined his head at a certain angle because he dropped his voice to a lower key when he spoke to christabel yet his very attitude in the saddle as he rode on ahead his hand on his horse's flank his figure turned towards christabel was a provocation opera bouffe duets recitations acted charades beau all the catalogue of grown-up playfulness began again after dinner but this evening leonard did not stay in the drawing-room he felt that he could not trust himself his disgust must needs explode into some rudeness of speech if he remained to witness these vagaries i like the society of barmaids and i can tolerate the company of ladies he said to his bosom friend jack but a mixture of the two is unendurable so we'll have a good smoke and half-crown pool shilling lives this was as much as to say that leonard and his other friends were about to render their half-crowns and shillings as tribute to captain vandeleur's superior play that gentleman having made poole his profession since he left the army they played till midnight in an atmosphere which grew thick with tobacco smoke before the night was done they played till jack vandeleur's pockets were full of loose silver and till the other men had come to the conclusion that pool was a slow game with an element of childishness in it at the best No real skill, only a mere mechanical knack acquired by incessant practice in fusty public rooms reeking with alcohol. Show me a man who plays like that, and I'll show you a scamp, muttered little Monty in a friendly aside to Leonard, as Jack Vandeleur swept up the last pool. I know he's a scamp, answered Leonard, but he's a pleasant scamp and a capital fellow to travel with. Never ill, never out of temper, always ready for the day's work, whatever it is and always able to make the best of things why don't you marry one of his sisters they're both jolly good fellows no coin said monty shaking his neat little flaxen head i can just contrive to keep myself still to be neat still to be dressed what in mercy's name should i do with a wife who would want food and gowns and stalls at the theatres i have been thinking that if those st alban girls have money On the nail, you know, not in the form of expectations from that painfully healthy father. I might think seriously of one of them. They are horridly rustic, smell of clover and beans, and would be likely to disgrace one in London society. But they are not hideous. I don't think there's much ready money in that quarter, Monty, answered Leonard. St. Aubin has a good deal of land. Land? screamed Monty. I wouldn't touch it with a pair of tongs the workhouses of the next century will be peopled by the offspring of the landed gentry i shudder when i think of the country squire and his prospects hard lines said jack who had made that remark two or three times before in the course of the evening they were sitting round the fire by this time smoking and drinking mauled burgundy and the conversation had become general this night was as many other nights sometimes mr Tregonell tried to live through the evening in the drawing-room enduring the society games the boulevard music the recitations and tableaux and general frivolity but he found these amusements hang upon his spirits like a nightmare he watched his wife but could discover nothing actually reprehensible in her conduct nothing upon which he could take his stand as an outraged husband and say this shall not be if the baron's devotion to her was marked enough for every one to see and if her acceptance of his attentions was gracious in the extreme, his devotion and her graciousness were no more than he had seen everywhere accepted as a small change of society, meaning nothing, tending towards nothing but gradual satiety, except in those few exceptional cases which ended in open scandal and took society by surprise. That which impressed Leonard was the utter change in his wife's character. It seemed as if her very nature were altered. Womanly tenderness, a gentle and subdued manner had given place to a hard brilliancy it was as if he had lost a pearl and found a diamond in its place one of all softness and purity the other all sparkle and light he was too proud to sue her for any renewal of old confidences to claim from her any of the duties of a wife if she could live and be happy without him and he knew but too surely that his presence his affection had never contributed to her happiness HE WOULD LET HER SEE THAT HE COULD LIVE WITHOUT HER, THAT HE WAS CONTENT TO ACCEPT THE POSITION SHE HAD CHOSEN, UNION WHICH WAS NO UNION, MARRIAGE THAT HAD CEASED TO BE MARRIAGE, A CHAIN DRAWN OUT TO ITS FURTHEST LENGTH, YET HELD SO LIGHTLY THAT NEITHER NEED FEEL THE BONDAGE. EVERYBODY AT MOUNT ROYAL WAS LOUD IN PRAISE OF Christabel. SHE WAS SO BRILLIANT, SO versatile. SHE MADE HER HOUSE SO UTTERLY CHARMING. THIS WAS THE VERDICT OF HER NEW FRIENDS, BUT HER OLD FRIENDS WERE LESS ENTHUSIASTIC. Major Bree came to the manor-house very seldom now, and frankly owned himself a fish out of water in Mrs. Tregonell's new circle. Everybody is so laboriously lively, he said. There is an air of forced hilarity. I sigh for the house as it was in your mother's time, Leonard. A haunt of ancient peace. There's not much peace about it now, by Jove, said Leonard. Why did you put it into my wife's head to ride to hounds? I had nothing to do with it she asked me to choose her a hunter and i chose her something good and safe that's all but i don't think you ought to object to her hunting leonard or to her doing anything else that may help to keep her in good spirits she was in a very bad way all the winter do you mean that she was seriously ill their letters to me were so d blank short i hardly know anything that went on while i was away yes she was very ill given over to melancholy it was only natural that she should be affected by angus hamley's death when you remember what they had been to each other before you came home a woman may break an engagement of that kind and may be very happy in her union with another man but she can't forget her first lover if it were only because he is the first it was an unlucky thing your bringing him to mount royal one of your impulsive follies yes one of my follies So you say that Christabel was out of health and spirits all the winter? Yes, she would see no one, not even me, or the rector. No one but the doctor ever crossed the threshold. But surely Miss Bridgman has told you all about it. Miss Bridgman was devoted to her. Miss Bridgman is as close as the grave, and I am not going to demean myself by questioning her. Well, there is no need to be unhappy about the past. Christabel is herself again, thank God. Brighter, prettier than ever. That Swiss tour with Miss Bridgman and the boy did her worlds of good. I thought you made a mistake in leaving her at Mount Royal after that melancholy event. You should have taken her with you. Perhaps I ought to have done so, assented Leonard, thinking how bitterly, how very improbable it was that she would have consented to go with him. He tried to make the best of his position, painful as it was he blustered and hectored as of old gave his days to field sports his evenings for the most part to billiards and tobacco he drank more than he had been accustomed to drink sat up late of nights his nerves were not benefited by these latter habits your hand is as shaky as an old woman's exclaimed jack upon his opponent missing an easy cannon why you might have done that with a boot jack if you're not careful you'll be in for an attack of And that will chaw you up in a very short time. A man of your stamina is the worst kind of subject for nervous diseases. We shall have you catching flies and seeing imaginary snowstorms before long. Leonard received this friendly warning with a scornful laugh. De Casale drinks more brandy in a day than I do in a week. He said, "Ah, but look at his advantages. Brought up in Jersey, where cognac is duty free." None of us have had his fine training. Wonderful constitution he must have, and as steady as a rock. You saw him this morning knock off a particular acorn from the oak in the stable-yard with a bullet. Yes, the fellow can shoot. He's less of an impostor than I expected. Wonderful eye and hand. He must have spent years of his life in a shooting-gallery. You're a deuced good shot, Tregonel. But compared with him, you're not in it that's very likely though i have had to live by my gun in the rockies miss jessie told me that in south america de cazalet was known as a professed duellist and you have only shot four-footed beasts never gone for a fellow creature answered jack lightly chapter seven